right, guys. Welcome back to the 443 Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Joe with my colleague, Reese. So we're going to record this first half and focus on all the games from the weekend except for Man City versus Spurs, which is concluding why we're recording. We'll get to that one uh, right before we do our preview. But Reese is going to fill us in on a game we we missed uh, because of the uh, Monday play. Way back on Monday, Matt, uh, an actual great game uh, that I watched. Um, I didn't think I would be watching a barn burner, but it ended up being one with a 3-2 at home. Fulham win over the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, the greatest Brazilian winger of all time. It's not Neymar. It's not Garincha. It's not uh, Ronaldinho. It's freaking William, dude. Two penalties to send the Wolves with three points. Uh, and we'll get into them a little bit later as well with the full, uh, with the pools results. It's not with Charleston. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, just a great performance. Uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on that because it was a, uh, a great game. Uh, Huang Hee Chan played very well as well, our, our, our king. Um, quick shout out to my girlfriend. Uh, it is her birthday today. Uh, of course, though, not as important as these games were this weekend. We've had some crazy results. I want to start. Well, we on... do have to get it done early because you got things to do today. <laughs> I do have some stuff to do. Uh, we'll start it off with giving some flowers to Matt. Arsenal two one win at home to Wolves as well. Matt, what was your reaction to the game? Um, they decided to give me heart palpitations late in the game. Uh, the first <laughs> half was all Arsenal dominance. What I loved is I found an XG site, and the XG that Arsenal was able to get was pretty good. Yep. Uh, but the two goals they scored were like low contributors or XG because they had such better chances. They're, the attack seems to be clicking again, especially after that Champions League whomping they did on Wednesday. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, I questioned you about Sokka and Martinelli. I don't know if it was last week or mm-hmm. the podcast prior, but... It was last week. They were back to their best. Uh, Odegaard looked well, like... Well, Sokka was giving the ball away a lot, okay. I noticed. Um, he was back to his attacking best, not his defensive best. Which gotcha. I'd rather have... If I have to have one, I'd rather He's have He's a winger at the end of the day, yeah. so... <laughs> I gotcha. Um, Odegaard looked like classic Odegaard, so... Um, and especially with, depending on has some term, some results in the main review that we'll be mm-hmm. doing, I mean, this could be a, a bigger win than we may think. Oh, yeah. That puts Arsenal, to- uh, keeps them on top. Liverpool's mm-hmm. right behind them, and the game going on right now could see if who jumps into second or who stays in third. Yep. Uh, for Wolves, a dust-off game. You're playing, you know, the best team in the league right now, so uh, you, you move on. And those injuries, uh, it looks like they're starting to catch up to them because of that loss of Fulham as well. And uh, I just love the narrative going around about this game that it was the VAR derby, like the VAR yeah. disappointment derby. And everyone was like, they're going to give Gary O'Neill a penalty. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, I feel like if we had to uh, depict like the end of the year for this uh, Arsenal team, I just I don't see you guys losing, at least until the next calendar year, because you guys are in <laughs> flying form now. Well, we do face, uh, we do have a looting away at the week weekdays, which isn't going to be, a, I don't think going to be a challenge, but well, I'm a little in... worried about the looming uh, return of Emery. Oh, go, we're going gosh. to the Night Palace in uh, Birmingham to face Villa on next uh, Saturday. Next game here, guys, uh, we have a Brentford at-home win against Luton, 3-1, uh, really dominant performance for Brentford. Uh Unfortunately for our townies, it just wasn't their day. But I feel like it's one of those dust-off games. You're playing yeah. a top 10, 11 team. And you still got a goal for Luton, which yep. I lo- they seem to score a goal a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not be the determining factor in their games, but that they're able to get in the box and get something from a, yeah. a, even in a loss 
for these relegation teams, when they stop scoring, that's when things start to get bad. Yeah. And I like that Luton is at least scoring even if they're not winning. They because that means they can get some draw, these draws that they need to get desperate points. They have quality uh, yeah. in, the, in the final third. Um, I think they just may be lacking a little bit in the midfield because they do get caught in transition a lot. Um, but again, you know, it's a dust-off game. Uh, we They're going to be in this relegation fight until the very and end. And plus they were playing at Brentford, and their stadium is a fortress. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the last, I think this accounted year, Arsenal has gotten two wins there, and Newcastle's gotten a win there. It's been three losses, and that one of those losses was in a cup competition. Mm-hmm. They've only lost two games in the league at home. And people keep forgetting, man. Ivan Tony is still a Brentford player. Mm-hmm. Like he is going to be there come January, and we're looking at a possibly uh, even better Brentford team than we may be expecting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, credit to Brentford, Luton. We keep moving. Uh, we're still rooting for you guys. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the biggest winners of the weekend: Burnley at home to the Blades, five nil throttling. Um, I loved you telling me about this game because I for- was watching um, the Arsenal, Arsenal game, game yesterday, and you're just like one nil. 2-0 and a red card. Oh, this game's over. Four. I'm like, what happened to three? And you're like, it happened so fast. I didn't even text you. <laughs> Again, I think it kind of comes down to Sheffield's lack of quality um, and mm. and just mistakes. Um, it's in particular, the second goal that Burnley scored, Sheffield moved their defensive lineup, like, you know, to bring, mm-hmm. up, bring the high line up a little bit to kind of catch Burnley offside or in the attack. Everyone was blaming the left back for that goal, but it was actually the goalkeeper's fault because they played a perfect through ball in, but your goalkeeper, if you're moving your high lineup, your goalkeeper has to come up too to in a certain extent. Yeah, you can't have that giant gap of space in Exactly, that. and that's something, for example, like Spurs are outstanding at with their goalkeepers. They're able to cut, able to have that perfect balance in the high line. So uh, immature from McBurney, uh, especially right at, right at the halftime mark, you get a red card, so it killed it killed that game. It was looked like a complete def- demolition when I rewatched it back. It looked kind of brutal, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that puts Sheffield dead last with 11 points. So, um, probably... Or five the, points, I'm sorry, five points. Definitely a, a, a huge six-pointer. Uh, company finally gets his first win at home, which is, is huge for them going forward. And it moves them up to seven tied with Everton. They're both still behind Luton. Um, and then your team is up in 16th in that relegation scrapper. Perfect. Uh, into the next game here, guys, as Matt just mentioned of uh, Nottingham Forest at home defeat to Everton 1-0. I unfortunately watched this game. Uh, you, you too? Yeah, I really well, didn't it. Was, it was on its own time slot. Yeah. I I left to go to the casino uh, okay, right when Matt. this game ended. Threw some duffels on them. I got you. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I went and played some roulette. It was my buddy's birthday. Um, nice. We wanted to surprise him because he was at the casino for lunch. Nice. So we went and surprised him, and then I'm the only one who won at uh, <laughs> Uh, for the performance, though, you guys really didn't miss much if you didn't watch this game. Uh, I think the XG will tell you everything. 0.67 for Forest, 0.62 for Everton on the XG. Yeah, it was a rough game. Yeah, it wasn't easy on the eyes. To be honest, though, I predicted. I also predicted a two-one win for yeah. Arsenal last week. I did predict an Everton in a in a grind out win as well. So I mean, well, so my only note from the first half was simply both teams are under pressure and they both really look scared. Yeah. To, to really try. It seemed like it was the game, for the most part, was played in the middle of the pitch. Yep. It wasn't played in either of their attacking thirds, and it was just like fighting over the ball. It did look like if I had to pick one team that actually won it, I think Everton deserved the win mm-hmm. just because it looked like they had a bit more possession and a little bit more clinicalness on the final third. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think the Everton win is deserved, but a draw probably would have been a bit more fair. So um, 
Forest, uh, I don't think you guys are in any sort of relegation fight yet, but if, if uh, you guys don't pick up results soon, we may be looking at them as a possible contender. I think contender. They, they would have got a lost a place if Bournemouth have actually won today instead of drawn. That's crazy. Uh, uh, but let's get Newcastle Man United's next. Into the final game of the Saturday slate. Uh, honestly, complete domination. Really wasn't even a game. Uh, I probably regret watching it, honestly. But 1-0 to Newcastle uh, against Manchester United. I mean... Newcastle are just in flying form at the moment, and I don't think anybody is going to, uh, uh, unless they have some sort of tough competition coming up, I don't see them losing anytime soon as well. So this one was on at the bar, and I could watch it from the roulette table, nice. and I'm going to be, I rewatched the entire game when I got home, gotcha. and it was just like you said, it was just Newcastle, just like I put in my one of my heroes if... if um, when we get into that, yeah. one of the guys I ranked in my heroes was Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire was trying his damnedest to keep them in that game. He's probably the man of the match for Manchester United that yeah. game, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Uh, I'm really getting into the point where I'm like, Manchester United are not as far in a rebuild as Chelsea are. I feel like Chelsea, with nine men or ten men that they had last week, looked better than Manchester United. Well, they had United. ten men today, too, and they still look better. And... To be honest, I think with uh, you know Manchester United having these issues, uh, Tenag is starting to struggle with the transition portion of his attack because you can tell they were playing for a counterattack the whole game because they were just getting overloaded by Newcastle's width. Um, what I love about Newcastle, I forgot I have a rant with Newcastle in a moment. Gotcha. Uh, a two minute rant though, not a not a not a, not a full Reese rant. Not where a I sit over here and I kind of like go. I just turn into a volcano basically. I'm just like okay, <laughs> explicit marked on the paper so I don't forget to mark it when we upload this episode. Because usually you generally don't cuss on yeah. this, but then you just randomly go, "We do my blank and blankety blank blank," <laughs> and I'm just like. Um, it's too it's too it's too early in the morning for me to get to get that riled up. But gotcha. um, for Newcastle, uh, just a good result. Manchester United uh, really needs some healthy players back. I don't know why they're still starting Scott McTominay, McDonald's. It's basically what he should get a Big Mac after after he gets done at games because he is just not helping this team at all. And to me, they should shift it more to the super sub role. Yeah, for sure. Because that's what he's really good at, is to show up at 70-plus minutes when the, you've worn down a team and he just has that Scottish super speed and just goes in there and does his thing. His goals are always past the 80th-minute mark, so mm-hmm. why not just keep him rested because he seems yeah. like a great energy. Get, put him on bench. 75, let him get five minutes of energy into his legs, build it up like Sonic, and just set him on his way. <laughs> for the Newcastle rant. I am tired of the English media, man. I'm freaking tired of it. Are, All right, you, now that of, are you then boosting up Newcastle? Is this what you're upset about? Now that I'm talking about it, I may start going on a rant. But I'll, okay. I'll, hold, I'll, hold, <laughs> I'll hold steady. Um, everyone says they were robbed of a penalty in midweek against PSG, which is fair. They were robbed, okay? But to people who are saying, oh, they deserve the win, they deserve the performance, they had a great performance... They, says they were going to bury the kick. They got dominated. They had a def- their best. Their goal was a deflected off of Donnarumma, a, a deflected goal for I think it was Isaac that scored. Outside of that, it was ninety percent possession. For so PSG. for context, guys, Reese is talking about the Champions yeah. League game that took Sorry. place on Tuesday, if I remember right. Right. That is correct. Okay. Thank you. My bad. Just because here. we're shifted off Premier League, I just want people to follow along. Sure. I've gotten feedback from my friends who don't follow the sport that when we shift into games outside this competition, they don't understand what we're <laughs> talking about. But continue. So you were saying they got completely dominated yeah. by um, PSG, and 
they were just ranting about giving them a penalty and they should have won the game. Yeah, and two points. Uh, one, uh, Hakimi was fouled in the box. A blatant penalty was not called. And they're like, no, that's not a penalty. When his knee, when uh, uh, Livermento's knee literally goes in front of Hakimi and you see their knees collide as they're going. And it's a, it's an obvious penalty. Not given. And uh, PSG had a substitute, Bradley Barcola, I think is his name, or just Barcola for sure is his last name. He comes on. He alone had higher XG than the whole Newcastle team. <laughs> he just couldn't score. So the fact that this this robbery that they're talking about, sure, the P- PK itself, they got destroyed. Point blank period. They got destroyed. They got overran. They are lucky to be escaping with the draw, if anything. Gotcha. So I thought you were going to rant about how the English media seems to puff them up as this plucky English-centric team. That's um, the thing, yet, Matt. I'm not done yet. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they talk about these injuries that, that Newcastle have. What about the other 18 European teams that are in the Champions League that have to pay, play every three days just like Newcastle does? Why does Newcastle get this pass of injuries where we start making excuses for them uh, for midweek performances? Well, to defend Spurs, Spurs and Arsenal both don't get the same credit. Yep. Arsenal actually had it was leading the injury table until Odegaard and Jesus came back. Now Newcastle's leading the injury table, but one injury behind them is Spurs, and two behind them is Arsenal. It just it it, it makes me mad that we continue to give uh, too much credit to to Newcastle because don't get me wrong, one of the best teams in the league, one of the best teams in the world. They deserve to be in the Champions League, and they deserve to be uh, in the in the uh, the top four race as a whole. But to say they are deserving and giving all these excuses and they had the one of the greatest performances ever when they got destroyed by Paris Saint-Germain and in in midweek performances I just can't I can't get I well, can't Well they go destroyed them at home and then they couldn't they went to PSG and they couldn't handle them right Yeah so it's just you know I'm I'm getting old of this this English media and, and these reactionary takes so um, back to the game itself, Newcastle. <laughs> it sounds like I hate them, but I actually really like watching them play because uh, you know they're they're an outstanding. They're not side. on my love list, but they're on my hate list. Yeah. <laughs> they're just kind of there. I I do have a little bit of a grudge against them from that couple seasons back, but you know. Arsenal was just in a bad place with injuries because we were depleted. Yeah. So, but credit to Newcastle, much deserving. Uh, Manchester United. I don't think it's time to ask questions yet of Ten Hag, uh, but I am sort of, sort of uh, getting close to where is we keep waiting for this team to get healthy. Yet they are not healthy. But, so I'm not asking questions in this game. If this had been at Old Trafford, mm-hmm. then I would be asking questions. Okay. But this was St. played James at Saint James Park, and place to be to fair. It and um, Brentford's ground are the two places that you don't get any love mm. as an away team. For sure, they're like basically the fortresses. It's not like the Etihad or the Emirates where you can get something if you if you if you're lucky on your day. Big three are like Newcastle, mm-hmm. uh, Palace, and Brentford, yeah. as you said. So, so if this was at Old Trafford, I'd be like Ten Hag, what's going on? Yeah. Like again, like after the collapse you had in uh, in the in Turkey, and now this, yeah. like. What's going on here? Don't even get me started on United midweek. <laughs> Start Anthony, please. Uh, end of the Sunday slate, guys. Uh, Bournemouth, at home draw, and I'm looking at the XG, Matt, to Aston Villa. I'm going to kick it off with the, the XG, and then you watch the game, so I want your reaction. 2.55 expected goals for Bournemouth, 0.9 for Villa. My question to you is, Matt, first, what was your reaction, and was this draw deserved? So Bournemouth seemed like they were on attack, but Villa had a lot of goals that were disallowed by VAR. Do those count into the XG? They do not. Any okay. ex, any extra goals thought, are I, not counting. Okay, so in this game, I came in for the second half. Okay. And um, I was taking care of the dog, and I had to do some errands. Um, 
got a trade in my lease coming up here and I had to get my car cleaned. Um, so basically I came into the second half of this game and kind of caught up on the first half. Um, it looked like Villa should have won this game because they kept having goals disallowed. I saw okay. two when I was watching the game. Keep in mind, I only watched 60 minutes of the game. So the, I could see why Villa got the draw because they kept being on the attack. But I was hoping that Bournemouth would win. Yeah. Um, but what I love about this game is while I was watching, I realized Unai, there's four Spanish managers in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Unai Emery is one of them, and he was playing um, Areola today. His next match is against Pep Guardiola, and his match uh, on the midweek, and his match on the weekend is against Mikel Arteta. He's gotten a draw. Can he get wins against the other Spanish, like the Spanish hat trick? <laughs> gonna have a Spanish war here soon. Uh, the Night King has met his match. Irola, we're gonna have to figure out a nickname for you, my friend, because as long as he's the manager of the cherries, I think the I'm cherry, cherry Prince might be a good nickname for him. Because <laughs> he's a, he's a young man for sure. For he's, sure, he's you know an upstart from the south. And and when people, when the media starts to realize how good Irola is, then I will take my credit as him being one of those top managers. If Zerbi gets stolen by another team. I think he would go to Bright. Brighton would be smart to pick him up. Perfect level up for a, yeah. ma- a young manager like him too. I, so. I don't. I don't think he's ready yet for a club for like sure. a Chelsea for sure. or any of the other big six. Definitely, six. hopefully, he doesn't go to United. That might cripple the man like it did for David Moyes and have him spend a decade retreated into another country to <laughs> gain his strength back before he could return. <laughs> for Bournemouth, uh, one of those dust off games. You're playing one of the best teams in the league again, so uh, you take a draw. I think, although it's a little bit of a heartbreaker, you take the draw at the end of the day because that's a huge point against a good side. Bournemouth played well and even when they got the draw they still looked like they would be in it. Yeah. Um, Villa just looked like they were imperious but they weren't generating a lot of chances because if the XG doesn't count the goals that were barred out I can see why the statistics are skewed um, okay. but Villa looked like they should have won this game and I think Bournemouth were lucky to get away with a win or a draw. But who are we heading to next? Yeah so guys let me set the background here so on Friday night, knowing I had to work on Saturday, you know, my coworkers invited me to the bar, you know, and I always like to kick my night off. I only do, you know, max one or two shots of Jack while I wait for my food <laughs> and then I eat my food and I'm good, you know, good to head home. I'll be fine in the morning. Well, my coworkers were in a little bit more of a drinking mood. So instead of two, one or two shots of Jack, I had about four shots of Jack, a little bit, you know. Woke up the next morning, did not get the best of sleep. I woke up about 5, worked my Saturday shift that was at 8 a.m., and I pretty much crashed after work. I had to go to a little birthday party for my dad as well. Shout out to dad. Happy birthday, dad. I think we're in the holiday season because I had a Thursday where I'm like, I buy a round of shots, then the other people I'm with, (laughs) they each buy a round. Before I know it, I'm going to this, like, podcast recording comedy show, and I'm six shots deep, three beers, and I have work in the morning. (laughs) So, guys, to to and to get to the actual game yeah. itself, Chelsea at home, three two defeat, three uh, two uh, uh, win against Brighton Seagulls. Uh, my point of that, guys, is I slept through most of the game. So, whoever's telling me I'm a fake fan, f you, uh, because I am a dedicated fan. I just had a rough weekend this guy this time around, so I apologize. Hey, here in the states, the holidays start in December. There was like they were watching Elf downtown. I got caught in a traffic jam at a park. <laughs> 
that like I don't know if it was just a free movie or what, but there seemed yeah. to be like 250 people trying to get into this little park. Yeah, and uh, we start. It's only the second of December yesterday. We we, we go get, hard we here party. in the states. Yeah. So into the game itself. Yeah. Uh, from what I did see, uh, Enzo finally got his first goal for Chelsea. It was a beautiful goal, actually, off a corner uh, set piece, and it looked like actually Chelsea. You know, we usually don't uh, see this type of success from Chelsea in terms of their corner set pieces, but. This is now a couple games in a row where we've actually scored from set pieces. So um, something to keep an eye on because if that continues, that we may be seeing a possible one of the best possible set piece teams in the league now. Um, but in terms of uh, the Brighton performance, I saw Connor Gallagher had two yellows before the half started um, or before the half ended. So definitely a, a silly mistake to have two yellow cards in the first half, man. You have to be more disciplined than that. That's immature. And... So what I loved about this game was that I came into it late because I had a lot of errands to do. But mm-hmm. what I was loving was that, like, I was saying, I think I picked them to win this game. I don't think I picked as high a score, but I picked Chelsea to, to have the upset here. And when I got to this game, it was 2-1, to one, and then it became 3-1, to one, right. and then it became 3-2. to two. But you guys, even with the red card, were still in command of this game through the entire game, it seemed. Um, and then you locked up your defense. Yeah, and I tuned in around like the 70th minute portion uh, where Brighton, of course, were trying to get that third goal. Um, great goal on the set piece for the second. I thought we were kind of robbed a bit. I forgot. So, uh, and can the, you explain something to me? Why did Enzo take the penalty? I thought your guy's penalty taker was Palmer. So Cole Palmer actually started on the bench. Oh, and he was okay. subbed on after that penalty was taken. So gotcha. let's talk about this. VAR. Uh, came back and trying... That's a video-assisted referee. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to help the Seagulls out uh, today. So what happened was there was a cross played in. Um, I don't want to mess up the name, so I'm just going to... Akindra? Uh, one of the young players for Brighton. Plays a cross in. And uh, Levi Colwell, sort of turning away, lifted, lifted his hand up, which of course is not right. He gets hit square in the face uh, off of the ball. Everyone shouting handball, even though it was blatantly obvious he got decked in the face. Uh, you know what the VAR does? Instead of just completing the check, referee, come take a look at this. Come come look at this. And even the replay shows he was blatantly hit in the face. All I see is the referee do the little box and point to the spot. But they did not show where he was pointing to. It was actually a drop ball for Chelsea. Oh. I almost wanted to chuck my TV, my nice 70-inch TV, out the window, dude. If that would have been given, I would, probably would have forfeited uh, the podcast, forfeited football as a whole, because I <laughs> I was I was very close to just screaming my head off. Well, I don't, just, just some of these calls they're doing on, on the, the, yeah. the handballs. It's like at the middle of the field, Grealish gets hit in the hand because the guy kicked it at his hand. <laughs> like, it wasn't in a natural position, but... He didn't have his hand was there, and then the guy kicked the ball in his hand. Your instinct as a human is to cover yourself, yeah. and and when you get hit in a place where you can possibly yeah. hurt yourself, it's it's crazy. So I wanted to touch base with that because I thought they were trying to cheese us a little bit, but but ultimately, yeah. good victory for your guys. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you now instead of stoppage time. Okay. Do you think Chelsea can make it to the European Conference League or the Europa League um, this season? Because they seem to be racking up points. And a couple of the teams around them seem to be slowing down, um, like a Villa, and you know, and Manchester City or Manchester United. Sorry, in Brentford, mm-hmm. do you think you guys can climb up the ladder a little bit? Honestly, Matt, it would be disappointing if we don't get at least into a European Conference League. If we hang around this tenth, this tenth place spot for the whole season, then there's bigger problems that mm-hmm. we need to work on. Well, that's what was surprising mm-hmm. me too. Is you guys aren't moving? Like yeah. you're getting these victories, like you 
beat City. Here's the thing. Drew City beat Tottenham, uh, drew Arsenal, and beat Brighton. So that's that's the point, is we're getting all these moral victories, really, when we tied City, we tied Arsenal, we lost to Brentford in between that. So it's more so the quality of teams we played have been tough. We you know we had this tough schedule. The real Chelsea team is going to be when we face the Lutons again, when we face Bournemouth, gotcha. we face West Ham. Those That's teams. true, because you guys seem to be the um, the opposite of the Miami Dolphins in the NFL, where <laughs> they can't beat a big team, but they'll and, dominate, but like they'll the dominate Cow- all the other Dolphins, teams. Yep. And you guys are the opposite, where you can go toe-to-toe with the best teams in the league and sh- punch them in the face and get them on the ground. But In terms of a team that's playing a little The Luton might beat you 3-1. to one. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so it's something to keep an eye on the next okay. couple of weeks. Uh, into one of the uh, three remaining games here of the Sunday slate. A barn burner. Liverpool at home win against Fulham 4-3. to three. I was right about the four. I was just <laughs> wrong about the three. <laughs> now, I want to jump into the last two goals. Uh, first off, the third goal for Liverpool. Dude, what the heck happened? It looks like the switch just turned on and they just went to town on these guys. <laughs> And pretty much, what ha- it was a, uh, the reason I want to talk about the third goal is because Salah played a nice little. Uh, he, he pretty much set up uh, Endo, opposite of Enzo. Endo, yeah. the Japanese uh, center, center yeah. defensive midfielder. Beautiful curling shot into the upper ninety. Uh, his first goal for Liverpool. Just a great story. Not a player you think would be getting many minutes for this Liverpool team, especially with the January window coming up. I'm sure they want to, you know, continue to uh, bring in some midfielders and replace that and pack it out. Continue and to build options. it up exactly. Yeah. And uh, just a great goal. I think it's a cool story with Endo in particular being at uh, Stuttgart for most of his career. Um, and then into the fourth goal, balls flying around in the box for a bit. And then who does it fall to? The man who never misses his passes, always has the best crosses, Trent Alexander-Arnold for the winner. Um, just scenes, man. Uh, in crazy, crazy game, uh, I can't help but think that the uh, uh, Fulham fans will be a little bit uh, disheartened a little bit in this game. Matt, what was your reaction to the game? This is one I was watching on my phone while I was watching um, one of the other games. I think I was finishing up Bournemouth the, Villa. Uh, the Bournemouth Villa because that was um, a nail biter. Yeah. And I was just flipping between the other games on Peacock because um, the only game I wasn't watching was Chelsea, and it was a it was an interesting game because it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. That they like I said they yeah. just I turn in and I see the ball in the net I see Edo Endo celebrating, and I'm just like oh it's they're they're tied now and then I go to talk to my little brother about something I look back and they were winning the game. <laughs> Uh, crazy game. Uh, definitely a Liverpool performance, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Just the type of Liverpool game. Well, that's what they needed, especially when we get back from break. We're going to discuss the uh, one of the other big games that happened. But they needed to keep pace with Arsenal, and they needed the three points to stay in that hunt, to stay in that top three fight, and they got it gotcha. at the last seconds. Because if they had drawn or lost this game, and Arsenal won, like there would be a, start to be a gap for them between the top three and the, yeah. the first between second and third. So they needed this to stay in the fight. Into the last Sunday slate before a big review of the City Spurs game. Uh, West Ham at home draw to Palace. I didn't really get to watch this game, uh, but based on the XG, it was 1.15 for West Ham, 0.99 for Palace. So it sounds like it was a pretty fair result for yeah. the game as a whole. I watched the recap of this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on YouTube off a of bootleg because they hadn't loaded it yet, the official ones. Okay. Um, it just seemed like City got an early goal from Kudos. Or, sorry, no, West Ham got an early goal from Kudos. 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 And then the game kind of went on to halftime where it was just back and forth. And then out of nowhere... Um, Oh yeah, so Edward, 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 yeah, yeah, Edward scored an amazing goal and had one of the most uninspiring goal celebrations I've ever seen. <laughs> just jumps and puts a one up, puts a one up, and uh, that was it. And then the game just petered out for the for the next like forty minutes. For both of those goals, uh, for the West Ham goal, it's actually a great build up goal, uh, an outstanding uh, finish from Kudus as well. For Edward, West Ham will have to ask some questions because they were having possession of the ball and just a silly mistake from the back uh, gives Edward, who beats the center back, which Edward's like 6'3", 6'4". He's a very tall gentleman. What kind of move would fool a man that is that doesn't have as quick a feed as some guy like, I don't know, Willie and my guy? I'm just kidding. But uh, I, got, like, I don't know, a shorter winger. I don't know how your West Ham center back is getting beat there. And then for him to finish it far post uh, off the... To finish it far post, off the post itself in it, it was just a great goal for Edward. So uh, credit to Palace. I think that's a big draw for them away, especially at, at the Hammers. Um, honestly, it's needed a needed point because I hate to say Palace may be, they're almost out of the relegation fight, but they are they don't want to get pulled down. Right. Uh, so guys, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We will be right back for our big review of the City Spurs game. All right, guys, we are back to review Manchester City. Uh, versus Spurs at the Etihad. Sonaldo with the brace to kick us off, man. Uh, That's got to be a record for the fastest like goals on both halves, right? Like, he, he broke away and scored an amazing, truly beautiful goal. And then he's is back for defense on the next play. It kicks it in his own net. Let's start off with the first goal because I want to give credit to... Yeah, no, as I'm saying, it was a beautiful yeah. goal. I want to start off with the boy from the Beatles... The Spaniard, Brian Gill, kicking it off with the set, the perfect through ball to Udogi, who then plays the chip ball to, to Sun for that finish. Uh, the boy from the Beatles. That's what I'm going to start calling Brian Gill. <laughs> uh, just a, uh, I think one of the cool things about the buildup is that it still shows that Spurs, even without James Madison, still have such creativity in transition. Uh, for the second goal... Um, you really can't do anything about it because it comes right off Sun's thigh, yeah. and he really doesn't think that ball's even getting to him. And I, like, I may be making a little fun of him. I'm just more making fun of the fact that it was just seemed like it was so fast <laughs> to have one player covered in glory. Now, like to me, like if you're looking at the season, that would now Garnacha's going to get the most, the best goal of the first this first half of the season. But you put Sun in contention with that goal. It was amazing play. He great broke team defenders, great team build, everything. Yeah. Now, if it wasn't for that amazing goal, you could put him in consideration for it. Yeah. And when City gets the second goal uh, with the Foden finish, classic City buildup, classic City finish. Uh, honestly, if that was any other team other than City, we'd be like, yeah, that's one of the greatest goals of the season. But it's City. So it's just another routine goal for them. Yeah. And uh, I texted you after that second goal. I was like, game's done. Because by that point, Doku hit the post. Uh, Julian Alvarez hit the well, post. Well, they looked like they were turning the screws on him at that yeah. point. It just looked like it was going to be one of those games like where they played where City played Brighton, where they were just going to just twist them and just take that screw and take it in. Yeah, they they had about three or four four goals if if those go in. So I mean, um, I, I texted you saying that game's done because I thought you know if City just keep playing like this, there's no way Spurs are going to find a way back in. And Holland had two sitters that he missed, completely missed goal. Mm-hmm. Like if he puts them on target, you you. 
98% of the time Holland's going to yeah. finish that. So I, I only saw one of them because mm-hmm. I think I was trying to get something done for the second one because I came back to the aftermath of it. But it was one of those things where I was just like, man, this city, sh- this should have been 5-3, 6-3. Yeah. And while we're uh, recording the first segment, we jump into the second half and... Sure enough, an equalizer oh, from yeah. Lo Celso to bring it 2-2. We had the game on, guys. We were watching yeah, yeah. with sound off, and Reese is in the middle of a rant. I'm watching it. I'm pointing at the thing, and he's <laughs> continuing his rant about something watching the game where I thought that they had Spurs had scored another goal to make it 4-3. We're both just talking, and then the other person that's smiling is just pointing at something <laughs> the whole time. Like, Reese is doing it to me. I'm trying to talk about Arsenal. He's like, dude, dude, dude. Like, I'm like... <laughs> uh so into the second half, uh, just craziness, man. Pure uh, a classic Spurs City game because every time they've played uh, for the past three seasons, it's been a straight crazy match. So what I always love about this Spurs team is they are able to get me to root for yep. for them against Man City. And what's cool about Boston Coglu, every time Spurs scores, this dude just has the most like cynical, serious face. He's not even rattled, just chills there, just. <laughs> all seriousness uh for los celso great goal on the counter again uh i really don't have much to say for for spurs at this point because they continue to uh surprise me um i was i was gonna say after this game if they would have lost like this is now three defeats in a row you know to winnable games but prove me wrong again well, they still they have quality and i think that they opened up the game and turned it into a basketball game like yeah. you guys did against them and city doesn't do well in those mm-hmm. and that's what i've noticed about this city team like arsenal didn't open it up to them but liverpool they they, they play liberal recently they drawed liverpool last yeah. week yeah yeah and they just open when teams are able to open them up and force them to play city doesn't like it city more likes to do what arsenal does we like to strangle a team and this is the first um first time since 2017 of march that city have drawn three straight games uh so just shows how good city have been to be even having that sort of record for that long um this is now two games in a row where this Manchester City defense has, I guess, three because Jay Dang back to the Chelsea game. They have looked horrible in defense. Uh, Guardiola got burned a couple times by Kulisevsky. Kyle Walker got burned by the boy from the Beatles. And, and uh, Son was just doing Sonaldo things. Well, we also have to talk about how this is going to affect the next game because they come up and face, I believe, fifth place Aston Villa next, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. Villa's in fifth. And they face Villa next, and they're down, no Rodri. And remember how bad it was for them when they had no Rodri before? It's a different team. Yeah, and they have no, I mean, he isn't as big a factor this season because of Doku. But now if something happens to Doku, you don't have Grealish to back him up anymore. Yeah, and uh, I'm with you because if you look at uh, the end of the year, I mean, like I was telling you before the segment started that I think Arsenal are going to I don't think you guys are going to be dropping points anytime soon so if City wants to stay well, in this we race we don't have the best record against Unai Emery it's um, going to be a good evening soon yeah uh, for Spurs uh, in that third goal with the equalizer from Kulisevsky uh, just shows the scenes uh, at the at, right at the 89th minute I want to jump into the post game because while we were doing our first segment Holland rips off his ponytail goes full brute Norwegian Viking on us and he's just saying F off, F off. He's talking trash. Do you think it was due to the VAR not given or do you think it was something separate with the Spurs player that kind of guys have it? 
I don't know. I wasn't able to watch it. Um, I just think that Holland's got a temper. And it's a good thing he has a temper. Strikers, you just need to have yeah. some sort of you edge to you. need some fire in the gut because, like, yeah. I love Gabriel Jesus, but he's got, like, Brazilian fire, but it's not It's not any kind of out there kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is much more reserved to yeah. a guy like Holland. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't feel like scoring sometimes. I like helping my team. For Spurs, uh, I don't know who they play match week. We'll get into our previews for the midweeks of next week. And we'll you want to jump into that since we were just uh, we already took our break. So, final thoughts before the before we jump okay. into it. Um, are you worried for Spurs still with the injuries, or I'm do you not... think they'll be able to manage until those those players come back? I think that their ceiling right now is going to be third or fourth. Okay. Um, overall, because I think that. They are going to struggle where they can get up for these big games because they did this the last couple seasons where they could get up for the big games and they would struggle mm-hmm. against a team like a Brentford or a team like, um, I'm trying to think of a bottom feeder from last season, but um, Southampton. Okay. Southampton, yeah. <laughs> they would struggle in these games and they would usually end up winning them, but I'm going to be honest, I just I think that they're going to struggle until they get Madison back. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for City... I was looking at their schedule for the rest of the year. I mean, once they get through Villa, they have some easy matchups coming up. So we'll have to see uh, if they can maintain this type of form. Because if that's the case, we may be seeing some struggles. But for the strength of schedule, I think they'll be okay. And we were talking about this where it doesn't really matter what happens to the city at this part of the season. Because they always seem to string together 12 victories in a row in April and or March, yep. you know, April and May to win the damn league. And it's like... If Arsenal and Liverpool are perfect this this first half, if they're not perfect in the second half, it really doesn't matter because they'll only have a two or three point lead on City and then they'll snatch it away from them. Before we jump into our previews, guys, uh, I want to do the tables for the relegation battle in the top uh, top four. Uh, Sheffield is now bottom of the league, two points uh, behind Burnley with seven points, who are also tied with Everton with seven points. So those are the bottom three. Luton just outside, two points ahead with nine. And Bournemouth has 13. So as of right now, it looks like the Cherries are Both are our teams safe. are out of the basement for now. Yes, sir. Uh, into the top six, because I actually am pretty interested by this. Manchester United are 8-0-6, but they are in seventh place with minus one goal differential. Tells you all about their season. Mm-hmm. Newcastle are now into that sixth spot with a plus 18 goal differential. Spurs are in fifth uh, with 27 points. Villa are now in fourth place in the Champions League spots. The it's a game. It's a, it's a good evening. Uh, third place, Manchester City, City with 30 points. Uh, Liverpool are now up to second place with the big win over Fulham. And then uh, now with the two-point lead is the Goons uh, in first place. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into the next week uh, slate. Matt, right. kick it I'll off kick for us, us off here. So first game we have of the midweek is Tuesday as uh, Burnley at Wolves. I think this is going to be a more interesting game than people may think because Wolves haven't been in good form, mm-hmm. and Burnley just got their first home win. So who's the home team? Uh, Wolves. It's okay. at the Molyneux. I think this is going to be a very back-and-forth game. I actually have it as a 2-2 draw. Oh, I got 3-2 to Wolves, sir. Okay. And, a, and a barn burner? Okay. Mm-hmm. What's next, boys? Um, Arsenal at Luton. Arsenal visit the Hatters. I mean, 
Let's go on to the next game. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 to the Goons. I got 4-1 because I, I want Luton to keep scoring goals to prove yeah. they have some attack. So it keeps off their goal differential because that may be crucial to them yeah. to stay up. End of the season, for sure. Um, but after that, I think there's no real need to even discuss. I think <laughs> if, if Luton pulls off a win here, I think I might just have to buy a Luton hat and be a Luton fan. The form that Arsenal in right now is the form of the best team in the league. So And you're facing a relegation battle team. So pretty one-sided. Next up, we have Liverpool visiting Sheffield. Um, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> after watching Sheffield get throttled, I might have want to reevaluate my, my pick. But before the Burnley took him to school, I did um, four to zero to pull. Yeah, definitely not a bad uh, prediction. Sorry for the coughing, guys. That was me, uh, not not Paco in the background, our third co-host. Uh, I, I completely agree. You're playing against the last place team, and you're second in the league. I'm also going to go with you on a. Not to mention, they got to be having that emotion off of that comeback. Yeah. They got to think like they could beat the world right now. Um, next up, oh sorry, the Liverpool Sheffield game is the first game of the Wednesday games. Now okay. we're into Wednesday. Sorry, I skipped that. Okay. Um, next up, we have Forest visiting Fulham. Um, I'm predicting three zero to Forest. This is actually a, uh, I call this a six-pointer because these are two teams right outside the relegation yep. battle. So uh, what was your prediction? I predicted that uh, Forrest is going to win 3-0. to 3-0? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Okay. I think Fulham now scoring three goals in back-to-back games uh, is huge uh, for the form that they're going to have going forward. Um, but I think I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Okay. All right. So still sticking on Wednesday. Actually, uh, can you check and see what games are on Thursday? Because I didn't write down when the Thursdays start. Um, but keeping up with the Wednesdays, we have uh, Bournemouth visiting Crystal Palace. Um, I'm actually picking your cherries in this one. I'm picking 2-1 to one to Bournemouth. With Palace at home? Yep. Okay. Big result then for, for the Bournemouth cherries if they win that. Um, I think it might be a Roy Hodgson masterclass. Mm-hmm. I think the veteran experienced Premier League team will just nick one. I'm going to call it a 1-0 win to the Palace. Gotcha. That's a fair result. I just am a little high right now on Bournemouth. I, I want Luton. I've to, convinced you now to be yeah. a cherry fan. Well, and I was I was saying that they were doing their results weren't reflecting how good they were. Yeah. And remember, they still have two players out that are going to be super creative in their midfield. They're coming in and will give them more attacking threat. Shout out to the archer Dominic Solanke. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Brentford at Brighton. Perfect. Uh, so, and who's the home team on this one? Uh, Brighton. Okay. Seagulls uh, scored two goals in a deficit uh, in a loss uh, against this Chelsea team, and they're now playing a team in a similar spot with Brentford, who are actually on flying form. I would say, even though they lost to Arsenal last week, those were one of those dust off games. I'm going to give it to a one nil. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to go two one to Brentford. I do think Brighton score. I got three three. I think it's going to be a another barn burner. Burn burner draw. Man, you got the crazy results for the week. Okay, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences. I got you. All right, so we got two more games left on Wednesday. Um, next one up, I don't have a prediction for this one. I was want to discuss it with you. Mm-hmm. Chelsea at Man U at the Field of Dreams at Old Trafford. Um, I don't know who to pick because City. I mean, sorry, Chelsea show up for the big games. Is Man United still a big game? <laughs> it is. It is. Regardless, if you're going to Old Trafford, if they're in a relegation fight, Old Trafford's a tough place to fight uh, to play. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how this game's gonna go because I just know it. I know I've seen the script. You know, PGM will just send it over to me. So I'm gonna tell you guys straight up how this goes. Chelsea, they're gonna have 78% possession, 18 shots, six on target, one goal. Manchester United, four shots, 
one on target, goal in the 90th minute. It's going to be a 1-1 draw at Old Trafford. I will go with your prediction on this one. <laughs> I just don't know. Like some of these, I'm just like, I'm going to go pick big, or I know this is good, what's going to be, and I'm off by maybe a little bit, or I'm just way off. Yeah. I don't even know how this game is going to be played. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so our last uh, Wednesday game is Manchester City visiting the Night King in Birmingham. We're going to have to see a totally different city side uh, if, if they want to get a result over Villa, who cannot lose at the moment. So I made my prediction before I knew Rodri was going to be out this game. My original prediction, because I'm going to put out there, is 3-2 to City. I'm going to flip that say 3-2 to Villa with no Rodri. Okay. I think there's still going to be a threat, but when they were defanged with no Rodri um, at Wolves and at Arsenal, they couldn't generate. And then when you guys overwhelmed him on his first game back, when Chelsea just overwhelmed him, um, he seems to be a focal point for this team. And if he's not performing, it's not without um, Kevin De Bruyne to bring it to back him up. They seem to struggle. This time last year when they first played each other, it was a draw between City and Villa. I think that's what I'm going to go with again. I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw in this game. Okay. And these are our Thursday games now, guys. We're crossing over. Newcastle visits Everton. And this is the first game of that uh, Thursday slate, or the first of two games, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, uh, Everton are actually in flying form this season. Uh, Unfortunately, the 10-point deduction kind of killed their momentum, but they picked up a win against Forest, which is a huge result for the relegation battle. uh, The Man United game for them, I feel bad, because if Granacho hadn't scored that... um, Totally Just different game. Miracle goal. I think that Sean Dyche's strategy would have been 10 Hawk. For sure. But when you have that miracle happen at three minutes where it's just like out of nowhere, just that that bicycle kick, like out of like your entire thing, got, your entire plan is now scrapped. Yeah. What's so hard with Newcastle, what makes them so tough to beat is how they play defensively. They go in a 4-5-1 on defense when they're playing defensively. And it is so tough to break down because if the winger gets the ball, they're getting double teamed by Gordon and Trippier or mm-hmm. uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon and Livermento. And then on the other side, it's Trippier and Almiron. Uh, and when and you're playing a 4-5-1, you're trying to play possession against them. There's no way to play through. So you have to have a lot of off-ball movement from Everton. And I don't think they have the quality for that to get past this Newcastle side. So. I, I'm not high hopes on this one yeah. either. I'm going to go with a 2-0 win to, to the Magpies. Yeah, I got 2-0 to the Magpies. <laughs> gotcha. What's the next game, Matt? All right, so our final game um, is going to be West Ham at Spurs. West now, Ham? this Spurs give me hope. Like, I picked 2-2. Okay. I might, but the, the game this weekend, uh, it may be 2-1 to Spurs. Yeah. Because um, they prove they still have something in the tank. And this is at Spurs? Yeah, it's at Spurs. And I keep forgetting that they're... Spurs and Chelsea are developing big rivalries within London. And this has actually turned into a big rivalry because Spurs sit in between West Ham and Arsenal, and both teams don't like them. I I really can't, like... I don't know how this game is going to go because I feel like... I'm going to stick with a draw. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, David Moyes has had his West Ham team be in great form recently as well. Injuries kind of halted Spurs' form, but they picked up a huge, huge draw against City just now. Um, I'm going to go with a upset here. 2-1 to the West Ham Hammers. Okay. And, a web, and an upset at the White Hart Lane. Very nice. All On right. that note, guys, let's jump into our stoppage well, time. So, but first, yeah. we're going to midweek. We're going to try oh, yeah. and get a podcast out for Thursday. Right. Um, we both have to be in the office that day. 
we're going to try and get over to my place and record for the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games so we can just record all of them together. Um, it may not be out till Friday, but I'm going to try and get it out Thursday night if no hiccups happen. Uh, and then we'll get right into the recording it on Sunday. So you're going to get us back to basically back to back. <laughs> so we hope you guys are ready because it's I know it's a small turnaround, but we appreciate you guys if you guys tune into that late night Thursday. You know, if you're on your way to work on a Friday morning, definitely give us a listen because uh, we're going to be giving our predictions basically right into the weekend yeah. after. So but uh, let's take a quick break. Um, yeah. our, our third co-host needs to be let out and uh, we will come back with stoppage time. Thanks, guys. All right, so we're back with stoppage time. We're going to kick off a new segment we're going to be doing in it with our winners and losers. Reese, kick us off. We're going to do three winners and three losers each. You get the first go. Yep. So I'm going to start off with the biggest winner of the weekend. Uh, Pretty obvious. I think it has to be Arsenal, uh, simply because of the uh, points drop for City. Uh, And although Liverpool won, uh, I feel like their performance the last week has not been up to the standard. And I feel like you guys are comfortably right now the best team in the league. So we've been doing this when we picked our top five players, if one of us has the same thing. I actually have Arsenal as my second biggest winner of the weekend. Who's your biggest winner? My biggest winner is Vincent Company. Oh. And um, the Burnley, yeah. because they just not only won their six pointer, they demolished their their six pointer. That was five actually, to zero, and that was my number three pick. Okay, so I'm cool with that. Okay, uh, I want to go with. Let's just flip flop them. My biggest loser of the weekend, in my opinion, to counter that is okay. Sheffield United. They um, are also my biggest loser, being dead last now at the bottom of the league. Didn't Off of that, just spanking. And I really want to blame McBurney, but really just the whole Blades team the last two weeks has not even shown any sort of quality. Even since the Manchester United game, they have not shown any sort of quality. Um, and, you know, I'm worried for them going forward. Unless this team can some get, can get some investment in January, I don't see it happening. But they need something to, to, to spark this team. Gotcha. So my, you want me to do my second loser? Yep. And then we'll, okay. So my second loser, um, so it's more based off of... They lost to Newcastle, and they just bungled it against Galatasaray. And at the center of these seemed to be Onana. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be his stock seems to be dropping fast, and um, that that was kind of brutal. Like the 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 hate and not maybe not hate the jokes he's getting online. I don't really think you know. Uh, I am very high on Onana, so I'm not really worried for him. Mm-hmm. But like, I agree. Like. He hasn't had the best performances this season, but honestly... Well, they're mostly in the Champions League. Yeah. These big, just fall-aparts he's had where yeah. they lost to Copenhagen and they lost to Galatasaray. So, they did lose, but it's just on the back of those that he seems to have just been, like, being handed lemons. I think when we see the uh, United team back to its regular performances and they're healthy, I think that's hopefully when we see the better Onana as well. Okay. It just comes down to confidence, right? I mean... He just looks so bad in holding, midweek. Holding three to Copenhagen is a bad way, man. That's a bad... Mm-hmm. It feels like a loss. I'm going to call it a loss. It's a bad loss for United. So Well, they, they lost four to three, and then they lost, drew three to three to Galatasaray. And for United... Oh, Galatasaray, not Copenhagen. You're right. Uh, for United to even make the next round of the Champions League, they have to one beat Bayern. Bayern. Bayern Munich. Oh, I'm an Arsenal fan. I know about Bayern Munich, sir. And also... Years of watching those games in Hawaii where they just seem to be like, hey, we're winning, and then they'll just score four goals, away goals, and just destroy you. And if you you guys think Tommy Tuchel is going to feel some secondary team against 
United, you are dead wrong. Tuchel remembers. Harry Kane hat trick yeah, inbound. This this is going to be a demolition, but we'll see. Um, the only team I seems he seems to like embarrassing more than City and Arsenal is Manchester United. <laughs> Harry Kane. Uh, my second biggest loser, uh, and this kind of comes to the results around their position, is Brighton uh, because I think they're around the eight spot right now mm-hmm. in the league. Brentford picked up big points, uh, and also Chelsea got the the win over them as well. And then West Ham is still lingering around with their draw. So I feel like Brighton, I they haven't been in the best form the last couple of weeks. I've been, you know, praising that for a while now. So that's all three of your losers? Correct. Okay. So I'm going to jump back and do my last winner because I think it's a little bit different than you yeah. have. I picked Trent Alexander-Arnold for that game winner in the la- at the 88th minute at Fulham to bring his team, keep them in second, keep up the pressure on yeah. the Gunners. And also he had the equalizer last week. Um Against City. City. Perfect. I was blanking it. Yeah. Yeah. He's on a roll. He's been clutch. You know, he's moved into the midfield, and, right? He's Well, he, he plays he plays right back, but he, that's okay. where his, he technically plays midfield. Yeah. And he's been clutch, man. I, I know that a lot of people give him stick and say he's not as good as he thinks he is, but on these two performances back-to-back, he is becoming the player that I thought he was, and I know Klopp knows he is. Yep. And to, to piggyback off you, uh, one of my biggest winners of the weekend is Liverpool. Uh, again, with City dropping points, Spurs dropping points, and Villa dropping points. That little so, horse that you called a couple <laughs> months ago is only two points behind you guys now. Well, it's man. hard to predict series, like the the, the league when yeah, you're that yeah. early. And Especially when like Arsenal and Liverpool have made so many changes to their team. And let's not act like Liverpool had a great performance. They just held three to Fulham. That is not okay. Yeah. But at the end, you got the big result. Regardless, you got your three points, and you are now in a top two position. But both those teams, Arsenal and, and Liverpool, did what they needed to do. Yeah to maintain the pressure when City wasn't able to do it against Spurs, a a limping Spurs team on that. Um, So I got my three winners, and you got your three winners. I'll go for my last loser. And it's more of a thing because I'm an Arsenal fan. To watch Sun, I already covered this, (laughs) to do that brace where you are at one end of the pitch and you do a beautiful goal that any other month would be probably – one or two for goal of the month. Um, and then just go and like hip check the ball into the net, which is kind of spursy for me. But <laughs> honestly, if I we do my four for four, I think Spurs getting the draw, they would be my fourth yeah, winner for sure over City. Um, especially with the and injuries. setting up City for a lot of trouble on the midweek. Yeah, I agree. Fourth stoppage time question. All right, who you got for me? This is not going to be football related, guys. All right, it's gonna be a little bit different. Gun to your head, death being pointed at Earth, aliens are coming down, and they got to ask you, what is your favorite restaurant in Arizona? It better be tasteful, because if it is not, you literally just cost it Earth. You've lost Earth. Earth no longer is. So let me look up the name of it. it my favorite, like, yeah. fast foodish place is Little Miss Barbecue, but let me take oh, you yeah. to my favorite. It's a pizza place in downtown Phoenix. Pizza, pizza Bianco? I think it's the name Pizza Bianco. Let me find it for you. While he's pulling that up, guys, Little Miss Barbecue. If you don't know, if you don't have ball knowledge on barbecue, this is the best barbecue Arizona has to offer. Yeah, Pizza Bianco, the one of the top five pizzas in the country. Exactly, national, uh, literally nationally yeah. rated as a top yeah. five place. You can't go wrong with either of those options. <laughs> yeah, um, I had to go with somebody who I'm not going to name drop, but a, a 
my friend is friends with a very a pretty famous person in Hollywood, and he got me into this restaurant on a Saturday night because I got to go have dinner with him. You'll have to tell me the Hollywood. I'll tell you afterwards. After this, yeah. But it's my friend's friend, not oh, my good. friend. Oh, good. Um, not my friend. Um, but he's talking about Bill Gates, guys. Uh, he is he's good friends with Bill Gates. So, but it was one of those things where it's like I get to go to this place. I didn't know what it was when he took me there in twenty fifteen. Okay, and. Still one of the best pizzas I've had. What's your what's your go to pizza that, if you were to choose one? Oh, he they had a Sicilian kind of style meat thing that was the go to like, man. Yeah. That's the best one. He, they ordered three pizzas for the table yep. and apps, and I just ate and tried not to hog <laughs> the food from people because I was a guest. I had slice each, all great. But if I had to take aliens to a restaurant i take a pizza bianco great choice but my backup would be a little miss barbecue i know they're they're saying people are saying there's better barbecue places in phoenix but no. i haven't tried them yet no and even if you do it's not going to touch in my yeah. opinion little miss barbecue that that mustard sauce the best what is your stoppage time question for me sir so i already asked my stoppage times question that it was world chills to make a european yep. competition but i want to um maybe sh- ask another football question um what do you think the ceiling is for this aston villa team we've been dancing around them all season i am one of the few arsenal fans who likes unai emery you know that i wanted i thought it was his time to go but i didn't have any hard feelings towards him when he left i know a lot of people like arsenal fan tv just dunked on this guy and i thought it was in poor taste but where do you think the ceiling is because now people are starting to compare him to arteta can i ask a stoppage time question within a stoppage time question Send it back at me. Yeah. Did you see, I don't remember the dude's name. He was a former Arsenal player. He said, if Unai Emery was our manager last season, we win the league. You buffoon. But anyways, Matt, do you think that's No, we a- lost the league because of no William Saliba. You can't fix that by bringing in a different manager. Perfect. Now to answer your question okay. for Aston Villa. Sorry, guys. Stoppage time. Because they're in fourth right now. You've already gone over the table. It's They're hitting above their league. And since Emery's coming to that team last season, they have one of the best records in, in you know the calendar year. What my worry before the season started would, was, would they score enough goals? And they have proved that they are scoring enough goals. Um, as long as Ollie Watkins is still on form, and if he has the support from Diaby as a second striker, dude, the ceiling is, in my opinion, it's around top three. Um, I think the floor is around sixth. Um, but I think as if they continue this form, I think they can maybe jump a Liverpool or. You think they're that second to sixth range for them? Is you there... you called Liverpool. I know I I know you don't think that anymore. But you called Liverpool a little horse a while ago. I think. Villa, Villa could, is not a little horse. They could be a very, a very tiny horse, like the tiniest of tiny, like a small violin, you know, a little mm-hmm. sad violin. That's what I see Villa as. But it's it's especially if they get a result midweek, Matt. They have to be in that conversation. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes because, like, unfortunately, this city team keeps seeming to weaken itself. Yeah. Um, because, After looking like one of the best teams in the world. Well, the problem is they don't have Kevin De Bruyne right yeah. now, and Rodri is basically, I think, playing in two positions. And when he gets overwhelmed or he is gone, they seem to struggle because they, it seems like there's now two teams with nothing in the middle. The structure of the midfield is totally different. Um, and I don't want to make this about City because it was a Villa yeah. question, yeah. but I feel like when we see De Bruyne... But they're next, they're midweek, they're coming off this painful yeah. draw. Both teams are coming with painful draws, and Villa might be back at full strength when City is not. It, you do have to factor it in because this is a test game for Villa. Yeah. I know people... Because then they get Arsenal after that. They yeah. go from City to play Arsenal. And I don't, I don't think people took into account, because it was the first game of the season, the throttling that Villa gave Newcastle. Wasn't that at St. James's Park? 
Or was it? I have, I'll look it up for you while you're talking. And, and while he's pulling that up, like that's although they scored five goals and Newcastle are pretty much undefeated since. I know they've dropped you know a couple points here and there, but uh, Villa is a very serious side. You don't just score five goals for in a game in any sort of uh, circumstance in a Premier League game. If you score five goals, no matter who you're playing, that is a an insane result. Um, and I think that's something that people are really considering as an under-the-radar little horse in a title race. Villa is one of those teams, in my opinion. Um, especially with their midfield structure with Douglas Luiz and Kamara, who, Kamara, who last week, or last season, didn't really flourish as the player we thought he would be for the fee that they paid. I think it was around 40 mil. Was it week one? or I'm not having trouble finding it. It was week one or two. Um but yeah, with McGinn, Douglas, Louise, and Kamara, I, I'm just like they—they they might have a serious midfield trio. Oh, found it. Newcastle actually beat them five to one. Okay, so completely disregard anything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I got the results mixed up. There. It was a blowout for one of them. So yeah, that you know, I can make my point now with that. Yeah. And that hampered getting, them in goal difference for the first like six weeks. After getting blown out five to one in that game. To now becoming the team that you are now is insane. Uh, Eclipsing that team, almost two positions ahead of them. They pretty much have been unbeatable uh, since that game. Uh, I don't know what uh, the Vampire, the Night King, the Good Evening, the the Spanish Giant, the Better Than Arteta (laughs) Men. I'm just kidding. Uh, Well, people are raising, they're doing the comparisons because in Europe, Omri took them to face you guys for the in Baku for the Europa League. Right. It's one of his f- biggest failures in Europe is taking Arsenal and losing. Then he goes and wins the Europa League again and then beats Arteta in the in the Europa in League. The semifinals, yeah, in the yeah. semifinal. Humbles him. Um and we barely squeak out a win at Villa Park last year after the game we got to play because we played them once with Steven Gerrard and once with Emery. We beat them both times, but I mean, if it wasn't for Amy Martinez having a f- flop, they should have drawn or won that game. Yeah. It was their game to lose. I feel like Emmy Martinez is like the exact what exactly what the Night King wants. Uh, a goalkeeper that's going to frustrate the other team, that's going to frustrate the fans, but also is unfortunately because he frustrates me one of the f- one of the best goalies in the world. So yeah. the sky is uh, the sky is the limit for them. I feel like if they pick up a result over the next two weeks over the two giants of the Premier League, we may be considering them in a title well, race. You also have to consider, too, that the big, second biggest city in all of the UK is Birmingham. And they are the biggest team in Birmingham. And they Birmingham has been deflated the last couple of years with yeah. City dropping into the championship. Um, White Sprom Albion dropping down. I mean, if you consider Wolverhampton part of Birmingham, even though it's a suburb, um, they've been you know a bottom half table team. And Villa's been all over the place. Right. Uh, and... They are a giant way to to rise if they you know could get you know they're where they're going. Yeah. And I think Emery's the perfect manager for them. He requires a structure above him and below him to function. He did not have that at Arsenal. He had that at Villarreal. And he's had that at other clubs he was at, and he was not the guy to fix Arsenal. But I think he's a man that in this Arsenal. Arsenal may be doing as good if you handed him this Arsenal team. Villa is not... With the structure we have. Yeah, Villa's project started before Emery came with the huge funding mm-hmm. they gave to Steven Gerrard at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and he's the beneficiary of that. Emery, and they have a great yeah. structure too. And they they were so good that their their players were getting... They're, they're, no, sorry. Their 
backroom staff are getting poached by other teams. Yeah. And I think this is just a credit everywhere for the Aston Villa owners at the end of the day. Uh, the type of management that they've given uh, above Emery uh, to be able to continue to fund this team. Like they're spending, you know, like they're one of the big six clubs. Uh, well, they also have that Grealish money from a few years back that has also true. been funding them. That's too. true. That was $100 million, You're right. Yeah. Uh, but it's they've spent that money well. They're scouting and he was a department. homegrown player, so their financial fair play was wide open. Because they had an academy kid that they sold for $100 million. They brought Same in, with West Ham with Rice. You they, can see the same thing happen with them in the future. They brought in Diaby. They brought in Zaniolo. They have brought in uh, Kamara. And all of them have and been... And Luis Diaz is from their academy too, right? I don't know about Luis Diaz. Uh-huh. Um, but Well, their midfielder. Isn't that his name, Luis Diaz? Douglas Luis. Oh, Douglas Luis. My bad. Yeah, yeah, you're good. I keep trying to mix him up with David Luis. That's <laughs> my problem. Okay. They're... Their scouting department has been a revelation. Uh, whoever it is, the head of scouting department has just been insane. It's not up there with Brighton, but I'd say they'd be in the top three of any scouting department in the league right now. For sure. Because like I hate to say it, Arsenal's is good, but they're kind of picking some obvious guys to go after. <laughs> if you were to pick a lone standing final position, not floor or ceiling, where do Villa finish? Because I want Emery to succeed. Right on the spot. I'm picking... I want them to be fourth. I want them to get a Champions League spot. For me, I think they're just going to miss out in fifth. Okay. But I think it will be to do with the results that they're going to have these next two weeks. And also with Newcastle looking like regular Newcastle, I think it'll be tough. But Matt, another great episode. Uh, again, guys, we'll be back here on Thursday night, Friday morning, whenever you're listening. We're, gonna way too, we're doing way too much of this yeah. the next week, but live long and watch some football, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>